Hello everyone and welcome back to the Torque podcast series. I am your host Ajay Ramasubramaniam, co-founder and CEO of Startup Resort. As a part of this podcast series, we are doing interactive chats with founders from the first cohort of our Torque initiative. Through Torque, we at Startup Resort are helping B2B enterprise software startups to connect with their customers much faster by setting up one-on-one introductions with our industry Rolodex. Our aim here is to bring 25 dedicated unique cross industry corporate connections with decision makers across industries so that startups which are at a an early growth trajectory can focus on on building the product servicing their customers whereas we help in building a solid uh, funnel of new customers that they can go after today we have uh, another interesting company in this series uh, i have with me nimesh mehta founder and ceo of rockmetric hi nimesh welcome to the show Yeah, hi Ajay. Uh, thank you so much for inviting us. It has been a very good experience of uh, interacting with your team, and the talk program is really, really good. Where we've been able to, uh, you know, get access to some of the, you know, marquee names in the corporate world in India. Thank you, Nimesh. And I, I think I should go on record on the on the show to to mention this that thanks to Nimesh that we in the first place were able to conceptualize a program like Talk. So personally I've known Nimesh for a fairly long time uh, I think about 5 years and seeing him build Rockmetric over the years starting off with a the very small team I mean we keep hearing about uh, agile nimble small teams uh, in startups and and doing the magic and I think uh, Nimesh is a is a classic example of a founder who has uh, despite his background and and what he brings to the table uh, keeps a, a relatively uh, lower profile and has been able to build out a very solid company over the years so nimesh uh, if you can just tell us a little bit about your journey i mean how did you go about conceptualizing rockmetric in the first place and how was how has the journey been so far thanks ajay uh, ajay my background uh, basically i come from a you know business uh, background where i've uh, been into strategy consulting uh, then went on to do my mba uh then i was heading a research team and you know did work in public policy so i don't come from a traditional technology background but what i had a background was you know working with very senior leaders uh, uh in strategic positions and one thing that we keep kept realizing was you know even people who are trying to make such very big decisions you know involving uh you know millions and billions of dollars uh every time they had a question in their mind to make a decision for themselves you know they would hear this uh, a uh, quote i will get back to you and you know if you are up in the value chain people will respond to you but you know analysts uh, like me or or we you know middle management or you know business heads you know they will always struggle to get prioritized in terms of you know getting data and insights and and i found that pretty strange you know because uh, with all the hype around big data and so much investments in it around you know databases and back end infrastructure for a business user who is actually spending that money there was nothing no innovation being done at the consumption level so the broad idea was you know we have the world's information at our fingertips you know through a google search why can't we just make their own data available to a business user uh, you know google has solved the problem for you know unstructured data and text and videos and everything hmm. uh, the thought in my mind was that structured you know relational data ideally should be much easier problem to solve and and that's where we got about you know working on this uh, problem statement our first iteration we uh, when we did in 2016 15 16 at that stage you know cloud 
uh, AI, data and BFSI, you know, it, it was uh, extremely difficult for us to get started. But IBM Watson had created a lot of hype at that stage. And, and uh, we thought that we could have a much simpler version, which is user friendly. So we used to we create our own version and we used to, you know, send it to all the top corporates in the city saying that our search uh, and ad hoc capabilities are at par with, you know, what IBM Watson has, has delivered. And that got a lot of corporates excited and that got us all our initial POCs. You know, you name any of top corporates in the city and our initial product, uh, you know, validation happened through them. So over a period of two years with, you know, almost 100 pilots and POCs. So it's a battled, uh, you know, hardened uh, product that we built now over the last four, five years. Battle hardened founder and a battle hardened product. So Nimesh, I mean, like I was uh, mentioning in the introduction, I mean, we've known each other for a while and I've seen you kind of build the company. I mean, like you said, coming from a non-tech kind of a background, but understanding pain points from a business user's kind of uh, perspective. How challenging was it for you as a non-tech founder to go about building Rockmetric in the first place? So Ajay, in fact, it was easier uh, because uh, what happened was that I had built products before. So I wasn't a newbie in terms of product development. So in early 2010 uh, to 12 and then at, in 14, uh, I had worked on a couple of product offerings around a local search engine for school, uh, lead management and analytics system. And I had written papers on, you know, body motion sensor and speech technology. So all the building blocks of, you know, what Rockmetric is using search, uh, uh, unified view of data and AI, I had some background in all these three aspects when I started off. But the bigger uh, uh, blessing was that because I was extremely end user focused, uh, we were able to prioritize only the core functionality and start building rather than trying to do everything. And and uh, that saved us a lot of time. I know a lot of our competitors, you know, who started off with a tech first approach, uh, from a, a scaling perspective and they had taken two to three years just to build out the first version out. So this approach really helped us and and uh, we kept it simplified. And what it has led to is every time we pitch to a business user, you know, within like even our experience at talk is within the first demo, you see the excitement to, you know, do a pilot and, and, and take things forward. Mm-hmm. So that resonance with the business user, I think uh, that's where... Uh, you know, having a non-tech background really helps because you can empathize with their requirements and then can plan accordingly. Sure. Another thing that you that you mentioned while answering this this point or and the the point prior as well, that over the first couple of years, you the the POCs or the pilots that you were doing with some of the leading names in the industry that led you to kind of refining the product and building a more well-rounded product. So one of the, the the points I would like to address is that a lot of times you see founders building a product and taking it to potential customers and it's almost like uh, shipping boxes. Whereas if you're looking at building B2B software or enterprise-grade software, I guess uh, like you also had, had mentioned once from a conversation you had with a very renowned founder that even if you're building a product, uh, every customer is, is unique and there would be an element of service or customization that would that would go along would you like to elaborate on on that particular aspect like why it is important to kind of be more hand in glove when you're catering to an enterprise customer so our experience Ajay, has been twofold you know like what gives a new enterprise startup advantage over the existing vendors because uh, enterprises move slow and they're willing to wait for six months 12 months for a feature uh, release 
and uh, any of these large existing vendors can release features in two years late to the market and it's not a big difference the only difference is that when the founder himself or herself is is uh, part of the journey interacting with the customers uh, learning what the market needs and implementation implementation of the product yourself at an early stage actually gives you deep insight in terms of what the workflows for your system integrators your partners or even the uh, teams implementing your system within the customer will face so i believe it is an extremely critical part of building an enterprise product to do some of the implementations yourself at an early stage uh, one learning was that you know the first uh, uh, few pocs every customer would come up with a new feature request and we used to treat it as you know it's going to happen uh, over a long period of time but after the 15 20th uh, pilot that we did what started happening was the requests started converging uh, so most people would start asking for two three uh, of similar requirements and after the first year and a half uh, you know customization actually stopped you know they stopped asking for newer things they just started going deep with their existing functionality so that is when we realized that there's a product market uh, fit and uh, you know we i got a wise suggestion from a very senior industry leader that never you know under invest in terms of service at an early stage especially when you're working with large enterprises so we did that and last year one interesting thing happened is that a customer started calling us that you know can we start implementing it ourselves because we want to scale it further and that's once that happened that's when you realize that you know it's time for uh, uh, you know massive growth because customers themselves are willing to take it over and especially in an indian enterprise market that is almost magical because indian indian enterprise market is used to having you know uh, product companies or even services companies do things for them great so you did uh, touch upon the problem that your product is trying to solve you also did mention about competition or or products which is similar to what profmetric does or in the same category how big is the total addressable market that we are looking at if you were to segmentize profmetric so ajay uh, this is a humongous market right so uh, you know there are there are such large companies you know which are coming up in the data warehousing space in you know modern databases you know data projects data governance uh, and the consumption layer where a business user will derive the most value i believe is you know hugely untapped uh, so to give you a perspective you know the bi market in 2020 will be around 2028 2.8 billion dollars according to gartner four times of that money is being spent on services right mm-hmm. and and a much larger number is spent by business users manually working on excel spreadsheet across the organization so that is the huge time right so the opportunity right now for modern bi is so not only to displace the current incumbent players who you know contribute 22.8 billion but also how do you drive you know automation to you know reduce and move the services spent onto the product spending and eventually you know reduce the manpower requirement in manual analysis by business users and trying to extract some value from there so the growth uh, for normal bi is 10% modern bi is almost 17% but the but the opportunity for you know players like us to eat into services as well as manual analysis done by business users is a tremendous opportunity for the next decade when you talk about normal bi uh, and how probably rockmetric is different from a from a technical standpoint or from a product offering standpoint how would you how would you classify that so there are two aspects you know the first aspect is 
traditional pre-built BI tools were all about, you know, build out a dashboard and then publish it to a large number of users. Mm-hmm. It's almost like automating the workflow of a PowerPoint deck, where before a meeting, somebody prepares a PowerPoint presentation and then publish it to multiple people. What we play in the category is traditionally called the reporting and analytics or analysis layer. Uh, and we automate the workflows of what an analyst does on Excel spreadsheet, but on a much larger data set. So that's a you know big difference between uh, the presentation or visualization layer and an analysis tool. Uh, from a technical standpoint, Rockmetric you know offers uh, almost 50x uh, uh, more power to a business user to query data. Like today, for example, if a business user has to query a 100 GB table with 100 mentions, they don't have any choice but to basically use Learn Python or SQL or use R uh, to be able to. Uh, you know, be able to do that, that kind of analysis. So you can you can very well say it's almost like a big data exploration build for business users, uh, and that's a huge uh, uh, shift. Uh, most organizations are trying to add more and more data scientists uh, to meet these requirements, but as all of us are aware, that skill is rare. Ability to attract that talent is difficult. So I don't see the trend where you know business users are going to learn complex skill sets tools will have to become simpler for business users and not the other way around. And what you just so lucidly kind of uh, explained, how many conversations or how many meetings does it require with uh, your business users or your customers for them to understand how or why Rockmetric is is different than what a traditional BI tool would do? So for us, uh, surprisingly, our challenge has never been with the business team. You know, any senior leader, when you go and tell them hmm. uh, that, you know, you are digitizing, that means your data volumes will increase. That means Excel will no longer be enough and you can't keep adding expensive support resources in your analytics unit. And if you are now sitting at home, the only way you can get the pulse of the market is if you interact with your data closely. So you don't have any other choice but to you know use a tool like Rockmetric. So that pitch is very easy. Mm. We struggle with IT basically uh, because you know for a business user, uh, agility is key. But for an IT team, they need to keep the you know uh, ship running and for them, stability is key. So instinctively, they try to go ahead with their existing vendors or, you know, try to standardize reports, Uh, you know, planning for, you know, agility for a business user perspective is not the first thought that comes to IT. But many of the forward looking IT teams, you know, in some of these large banks and insurance companies that we work with actually work closely with us to, you know, prepare a modern data roadmap and are collaborating very closely to, uh, you know, serve innovation to their business teams. Got it. So that uh, kind of lends itself very well into a question that I've uh, been framing in my mind for for some time. So Nimesh, I I mean, given the background that uh, we share and uh, knowing how you have built Rockmetric from close quarters, you've you've been fortunate enough, I would say, and on the other side, big four consulting firms or technology giants like Microsoft with whom you do work closely. And I'm sure that in in your entire journey of, of building Rockmetric, there have been instances where you have done joint go-to-markets. How much of an influence or a support has been there when you try and plug into a larger uh, digital transformation journey that an organization is, is going through? And when you partner with names which are already reputable and kind of in the door, has right. it been a huge value add for you? It has. So I have a good background in strategy consulting and uh, product and i understand tech well so from a for when a business leader wants to engage uh, you know our team had a very good balance uh, uh, from that perspective so when individual departments 
wanted to partner we didn't need big names to collaborate at that stage hmm. but what suddenly happened was once you have one department using it you would get a second and a third department wanting to work with us and at that stage when it wanted to deliver at scale they obviously were reluctant in our early days you know uh, uh, because they wanted an organization which could deliver at at scale across the enterprise so that's where you know we started then working with the likes of microsoft uh, you know we got support from even deloitte accenture uh, and now google uh, where they've been extremely uh, supportive and for a go to market and one big decision that we had made was that we wanted to be dominant amongst the uh, enterprise space and even there the top clients uh, in the country and that ambition lends itself well to strike partnerships with some of these large vendors because they also want to partner with uh, you know new startups who are ambitious in nature so that was a little difficult decision for us but because of that we could partner with a lot of these large ambitious you know mnc's and and cloud providers great great so uh, so coming to my next question what according to you has been the biggest challenge that the industry and the domain that you are in is facing so there are two broad things right so there are there is one strategic aspect and one tactical aspect so from a strategic aspect what what i'm realizing is that you know all technology is becoming more and more easier for business user to use but data is the only domain uh, where things have become more complex for users right uh, so account, you, you don't need to be an expert photographer to click photos now but uh, to just do analysis that you could do on excel earlier now you have to learn python and r basically and i don't see that trend moving forward but a huge investment is being made by uh, it in that direction whereas the business users are obviously expecting technology to become simpler and more usable so just aligning the vision uh, uh, there between business and it i think is the biggest challenge that people are facing today uh, and you can't compete with you know uh, technology players as a traditional uh, company unless unless you can have terrific control over your data and speed of decision making that is one second aspect is that you know the entire trend of digitization is fantastic but what is what that is leading to is earlier when data or interactions would flow bottom up you know where uh, a sales person will you know deal with the dealers and then the data will go to the regional manager and then it goes to the head office uh you know you could be closer to your market but when you are digitizing everything all the data is flowing first to your central servers and then it has to go back to the field for them to make sense of how the market is performing and if 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 a business organization doesn't handle this process well you lose the touch or the intuition that you need to fight at a local level uh or to you know personalize your product offering to local flavors and last but not the least is you know the entire aspect of change management you know even after you do everything you still have to work with people uh and you know you have to align their incentives to upskill themselves as well as as well as you know show them the benefits of you know adopting modern technology to to you know derive benefits so no matter how you know how much uh, ai or you know processes or strategy you bring it to the table ultimately a senior leader actually inspiring the team to adopt the change is is absolutely critical uh, too great um so that brings me to probably the last few questions that i have uh, lined up for us are there specific industries where you're finding uh, more uptake or because you've been on for like 5 years now uh, have you been able to breach a whole bunch of industries where the uptake is equally good 
Right. We started off with BFSI, uh, the toughest sector. But in India, I think there's a big revolution in terms of, you know, modernization of financial services industry. So we've seen tremendous demand from banking, insurance, NBFC, wealth, you know, everywhere. Uh, so we have India's top general insurance public sector as well as private sector player uh, working with us. One of the top bureaus, uh, one of the fastest growing uh, uh, mid-sized bank. Uh, so that has been a tremendous sector for us. Uh, next is consumer goods, you know, where where sales and distributions, collections, inventory uh, uh, is a critical aspect. And the third uh, and surprising sector for us was, you know, uptake in, in manufacturing and retail. Uh, so these are the three sectors that we've seen a lot of growth. For the next year, our plan is basically now also invest in healthcare and, and pharmaceuticals as a sector. But BFS and manufacturing are like the key areas for us right now. Great. And are most of these uh, big ticket customers coming to you with very similar kind of use cases or even there you're seeing uh, diversity in terms of business functions and business use cases? There's uh, uh, diversity. The The problem statement are very similar. The use cases are different. So the problem statement is that I want to you know, be able to access uh, granular data, which I can't do on existing tools, or I want to unify my views across multiple sources. I don't want to rely on my MIS or IT team for every question that I have to ask. So, you know, the problems uh, are similar, but the use cases are varied, right? So, so for of the large insurance companies, we are doing their entire finance MIS automation. Another player has come for the entire uh, portfolio monitoring. We've done some work on, you know, sales monitoring across their primary, secondary and tertiary uh, sales channels. So, uh, you know, broad spectrum of use cases uh, across manufacturing too. Uh, so that has been... A large area first. Nice. So you have you have consciously not gone out there to raise money so far, right? No. So so we've been lucky that customers have been paying uh, from earlier on. So like I mentioned, uh, you know, sales solves a lot of problems. Uh, yeah. And being from a business background, from you know day one, what we made sure was even pilots and POCs. Uh, we did our share of free POCs, but we had you know customers who were paying us for projects which were more uh, more serious or or you know uh, exploratory in nature. And we kept the team tight. So, so last five years now we've grown uh, and we've done it through our own internal accruals for now. Very cool. Yeah, homegrown B2B enterprise tech uh, focused startup, consciously not raising money and revenue funded, which is probably the best way of going about uh, building a business. So traction is is there for sure. Uh, any customers outside of India? So not as of now. We have one conversation going on in Vietnam, one of the large uh, uh, consumer NBFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, mostly customers in India. And we've been collaborating with a couple of large enterprises like Sogjen and Barclays through their innovation programs. But right now, clientele is largely very large enterprises in India. Uh, yeah. And we are soon expanding our footprint in Southeast Asia. Very cool. What are the goals, immediate goals over the next uh, 12 to 24 months? So larger goal is, uh, Ajay, you know, twofold. Uh, so what has happened is we've been now, you know, established our our reputation in the market uh, uh, for our product offering you know we've been able to beat even international players so so the next aspect is obviously to consolidate for the next 12 to 18 months and you know, focus on dominating the indian market uh, and and the near term goal is basically to now expand to you know southeast asian markets uh, uh, as step 2 uh, so that is the focus and we are you know forming some sort of very large strategic alliances with both consulting firms and uh, you know cloud vendors uh, so there we are coming up with very exciting offerings around, you know, automating the uh, data warehousing and data virtualization uh, uh, process. 
Very cool. So Nimesh, with that, I would like to conclude the the kind of questions that I'd lined up for you. Anything that you'd want to convey to our audience, which we largely believe will be either partners, customers, or or investors for companies like yours. Uh, any closing remarks? Uh, so Ajay, I would like to add one more. Uh, 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 you know, category of people is is uh, you know job seekers and talent who would like to work with us. Uh, so you know, uh, for all three customers. Uh, uh, partners or you know people looking to work with us if you're looking to you know uh, leverage uh, ai uh, data and automation to help very senior leaders you know uh, quickly make decisions through a low code platform uh, there's an exciting opportunity to uh, work with us uh, you know getting senior leaders to uh, drive such large change across organization is a fascinating experience and I, and i hope to you know partner with some of the uh, most enterprising leaders and young talent to come and work with us. Great, great. Thank you so much, Nimesh, for spending the last half an hour uh, taking up questions and providing some really interesting insights into how you've gone about uh, building Rockmetric. Uh, wishing you all the best and hope 2021 is kind of onwards and upwards further along for, for Rockmetric and yourself. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Ajay, and wish you the same. Take care. dot com